When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, everyone, to the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Kevin. He's Gordon, recapping the first day of action at the Tokyo Olympics. Early morning for us over here in the United States. Well, wherever you are, if you're watching live, tune in the chat. Let us know. Let us know. Where are you watching from? Uh, Gordon, exciting first race to kick off the the Olympic action. What do you think of that men's 10,000? Well, first of all, my journey of trying not to lose $4,500 is off to a a good start or bad start, you could say, because I lost the first bet. I put money on Joshua Cheptegei to win, and he got second. But you know what? I'm okay with it because Cheptegei kind of closed well. Like, he ran a good race. So I'm not like – it's not like he – what you don't want is someone to fall apart and be like, hey, why did you pick him? He lost by .4. Borrega just Mm -hmm. had better position on that final lap. Cheptegei closed well as well. Chapter guy closed well, but Borrego was just in better position. Um, and we said it. We said it's going to be Chapter guy versus one of the two Ethiopians, basically Borrega yeah. or Kajelcha. Kajelcha didn't have it. You could saw him fall apart there in the final two laps. Um, the commentators were talking about how so hot it was and it was so sticky and humid, and that was a major factor. But we bring up the results on our screen here. Um, they still ran. They they closed well. They went out in what fourteen, ten or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they closed quickly. They closed in sub fourteen, like thirteen something. So, hey, Selman Barrega, he's uh he's a real deal. Uh, he took down the world record holder, and Uganda had a unique strategy where they literally had a man on their team whose job was just to be a pacer. Like <laughs> It's kind of crazy yeah. they selected a third runner just to be a pacer. That's what it looked like because Kissa was way out there. Kissa had been watching some Wesley Kip to tape, I think, this year and got real am- ambitious. And you thought, okay, well, maybe this isn't for him. Maybe this is for his teammates. But they didn't follow him. They didn't follow him. Kip Limo, Ch- guy, just let him go. And conventional wisdom said that they would have needed a faster pace in order to run the kick out of some of the quicker closers, although they still acquitted themselves pretty nicely with second and third for, for Uganda. So maybe they're overall they're happy with that result. But Borrega's close was just just too much. Um, Aragawi of Ethiopia, fourth. Fisher, fifth. Ahmed, sixth. 
Komoi seventh, and then Kajelka, who was the favorite going in. Uh, a lot of that had to do with how quickly he ran that 3K in Oslo, but he and the race seemed to be playing out in his favor with a slower first half. Just did not have it over the that last lap and ran 27.52. This was crowded with a lap to go, Gordon. There were eight guys in it. There was some jostling. There were some elbows. And it was it was wide open for those medals. Borrega's a solid closer, so that ultimately uh, didn't surprise me much there. But I would have thought Cheptegei and Kipalima would have preferred a, a faster pace early on and, and actually went with Kissa before he ultimately dropped out. Yeah, I think the faster pace dream scenario went out the window when the weather report came in. Um, there just was no... Once we, once you know the, the, the weather situation, we knew it wasn't going to be a 26-minute 10K. There's just no chance. Now, but should, they, the have told the, can do should that. they have told the rabbit that? Should they have told him that before he sacrificed his entire race? Hey, you remember we had plan A and plan B? We're doing B. Don't do A. And instead well, he did A and went, put himself out there and then ultimately dropped out. I mean, the rabbit kind of should be happy. I mean, the rabbit created Uga gave Uganda two medals. So, sure, I mean, sure. in the end, I think as much as Chip the guy probably wanted to win gold, I think they're probably they seemed very content to be able to have both of their countrymen be on the podium. Sure, they would rather go one two, but they would take a two three any day of the week. Mm -hmm. And what did you think about Fisher's performance? Man, Fisher looks super like comfortable the entire race i thought kincaid would also be there with fisher but kincaid looked like the heat got to him and he fell off and you know in the back of the mind once kincaid knew he didn't have it you kind of want to shut it down because you know you have the 5ks coming up later on in the week but fisher man he, he looked like he belonged he was in it the entire race and he closed well he finished in the top six he closed with the best of them obviously he's not at that closing in 53 second world that the Boregas and Ugandans were able to do, mm -hmm. but give them another few years of international competition. And I, I'm pretty confident Fisher is going to be in the mix to potentially be a meddler. Not may, maybe next year in 2022, but for sure by 2024. Mm -hmm. He did a good job sticking in, but also making himself anonymous there. Because yeah. Ahmed, for a little while, looked like he was going to make a bid bid for home um, and ultimately faded. But Fisher did a good job, didn't do any extra work, didn't put himself out there until he really needed to, and then closed closed really well. Almost looked like he was going to run down fourth place. Aragawi looked back, I think, six times in the last 100 because he was feeling that Fisher close as well too. But when someone goes 50, sub-54, to finish a 10k it, it's tough to 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 match that but fisher's close was was pretty solid too and to hang with that pace given the given the conditions is is a good good result for him and you look at this field this is not a weak field gordon you got the world record holder in there you have someone like kip kip limo who has just insane range from 3k to half marathon he's a half marathon world champion you have Borrega, the guy who won who's won medals before this is this is a stacked field and i think him beating people who he shouldn't have beaten like like kajelka and also sticking close to to the medalist is just going to give him a incredible level of confidence for for the 5k going going on later on the meet 
Yeah, I mean, he outkicked Mohamed, who's a, a, a world medalist himself. So, yeah, I think Fisher's set up for some... I think fifth place is something that I'm sure Jerry is, like, super proud of. And, like, this is a good stepping stone for, for his career. Because he's young. This, is, this was his first international competition uh, at the senior level, right? He didn't, he didn't make Worlds in 2019, did he? Correct. He did not. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. What a run, man. All right. Go, yeah. Got, good. We got good first race. Coburn congratulating Grant Fisher, something that you wouldn't see at the trials because they would be competitors. But now all of a sudden they're on the same <laughs> team, Team USA. It's great. Now it's fun to see the competing brand athletes now all come together as one to represent the country. This is a tweet you would not see unless it was a world championship or a global championship. So pretty cool to see Emma Coburn. Uh, congratulating Fresh Fish, great Twitter handle for fifth. Mm-hmm. Uh, checking on the chat here, we got people telling telling us where they're we're watching from. We got uh, someone from Australia, uh, Mauritius, Maine, New Zealand, London, the Bahamas, basically worldwide here. I think our American audience is, is taking a dip because it's very very early here, especially if you're out there. On, on the west coast it's, you know one person from maine that's it's impressive on the east coast but maybe someone in california is anybody from california tuning in it was it was tough to get up uh early yeah going, especially because it went it went late last night too because i wanted to watch all those 100 meter heats and then bam bam women's 5,000 semis just like that. so let's talk a little bit what was the, your morning like so the women's 5k went off at 5 a.m our time mm-hmm. what was your process of getting to your computer or your television to get the the like were you online before the gun of the first heat or like when did you actually start watching I, yeah so i woke up at 4 45 a.m was when i had my alarm set 5 a.m was when the women's 5000 started stumbled through the dark tried not to wake up the other four people who are in my house grabbed my laptop went down uh to the couch open it up turn the volume on turn the brightness down Got to do those two things at the same time. And then I used that first half of that five, that women's 5K heat to, to wake up a bit. And, and then I started getting ready, you know, eating something, brushing teeth in between each, each heat. What about you? I put my laptop by my nightstand so I knew it would be right there. Uh, alarm went off. at five, I set my alarm at 5 a.m. I was like, it's okay if I miss the first mile or two. Yeah. I don't really care. Yeah. Uh, alarm went off, and I was debating, eh, maybe I could just look at results. I don't need to wake up. No, it's the Olympics. No, nope, I know. That's that. what I told myself. Yep. So I woke up. I, I, the, all, it's completely dark in the room, and I just opened yeah. up the laptop screen, and I felt like someone had just shined like a laser into my eyes. It was the worst feeling ever. Quickly turned down the dimness, turned it on at like the six-minute mark, the first heat, and then uh, was – Kind of dozing off a little bit, but then eventually, slowly but surely, woke up in time for uh, the end of that first race. And then it's kind of, I knew this is going to be a weird day because we had like three races, right? You had the 10Ks, the 5Ks, and then the mixed 4 by 4 So I knew it was going to be like a weird like hour and a half Mm. of just watching three events. So I knew I could kind of doze off a bit. But once the 5K started getting going, I was focused. But what do you want to talk about? So, well, no. Before I want to talk about that, a little bit. 
yesterday no, for, first or what happened earlier today? Like, what do you think? What should I run? First, I want to talk about our sponsor, Gordon. First, I want to talk about our sponsor. And I'm glad you woke up for this because we got a sponsor. We got a sponsor? Are you excited about this? Man, I never thought I'd make it. I never thought I'll be on a podcast that had a sponsor. This is the first. Here we go. This is, this is a big deal. Yeah, you know, you tell tell your parents about this that this is your big break. Support for the Flow Track podcast brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched the fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trusted Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide. Worldwide. Talked about how our audience is global, Gordon. Shipping with the code FLOWTRACK at manscaped.com. Gordon, the upgraded trimmer includes a multi-function on and off switch that can engage a travel lock. Got an LED spotlight there if you need that. It also allows you to customize your trim through additional guard lengths with sizes one to four, wireless charging as well. Again, manscaped.com, you can use the code FLOWTRACK. 20% off, Gordon, 20% off. Do you own Manscaped yet? I there, So I came in the office today and I noticed this product. Do you, uh-oh, Gordon's reaching for a box. Oh, no, I don't, have, I don't have it yet. I, I, I haven't come in the office, but I plan <laughs> on, uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to the beach. Next week, so I figured it should probably be a good time. Not that I wear any bathing suit that requires manscaping, but um, if I did, it would be a good, uh, good double benefit. So, yeah, there you go. But you, you, L- you, you L- have the product. The, you, have, you have the product in the in the in the office, right? In the office. So perhaps perhaps uh, I'll check it out after we're done recording here. But once again, free shipping, twenty percent off. Code FlowTrack at Manscaped dot com unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped do you want to talk about this mixed relay dq we are we're one day in and we got dqs (sighs) disappointing you think that the one event of relay exchange that you were used to seeing dqs and and relays but not in four by fours you feel like that's one of those things that you know how to do? Mm-hmm. I just don't understand how Lena Irby and uh, Elijah Godwin screwed this thing up. Like, what was going on? Like, did was it just like, right, so- uh, a brain malfunction? Did they honestly think they were doing the right thing and then they didn't realize what they were doing was illegal? Okay, so I'm watching this. You get the head-on shot, and you're looking at all the other teams lined up, and you don't see the U.S. even in the shot. And I'm thinking, what's going on here? And then immediately when they made the pass, I made a mental note to come back to that. I, Godwin was was fine. Godwin was running his his race, his leg. I think the issue was where Irby was lined up. Now, I did see that the U.S. is protesting. I believe David Woods put a tweet out, journalist David Woods put a tweet out about how they were um, going to protest this because uh, Team USA is saying that it was the officials that put her at the wrong exchange line and it could be an official error and not an athlete error. But yeah, everybody basically in the race was lined up on one set of lines and she seemed to be lined up on another. Now, 
there's a strategic component to this too, where you want the mail runners to run longer. So you want to stretch the limits of the actual zone, but you could just see how they were lined up, that this was not just about stretching the limits. It was, it was basically a different set of lines entirely. So I'll be curious to see what the ruling is and also the explanation after, because as of this recording, we haven't gotten much beyond that. Feels hard. You're going to be able to prove that an official forced you to stand yes. there, right? So, well, because then it comes down to it comes down to he said, she said, because it's not going to be in writing that you said to yeah, just to stand there. Now, you also look. There was also a tweet I saw from Mike Rogers, veteran of the U.S., basically explaining how. This is the sort of stuff that can happen if there's not a, a last walkthrough here. And it says, she said they just got to see the stadium yesterday. And that sort of, that sort of thing can happen when you're in a big event like the Olympics. Um, but typically, the athletes have more time to get acquainted with the track. There's a lot of lines on a track. Um, but yeah, it just looked, for, it, it looked off. At the moment it happened, it looked off. Hey, someone's not in the right spot. And when one team is in one spot and then literally every other team is in another spot, then your, your conclusion is that the one team is the one that's in the wrong position. Yeah, I mean, it sucks, right? Because I also know, like, obviously, clearly USA – was better than everyone. And this exchange zone mishap isn't the reason they won by multiple meters. Yeah, you could argue, well, you know, Godwin running a few extra meters might have helped them overall. But let's be honest, it's uh, it wasn't a make or break that got them into the next round. So that's what makes it frustrating to get DQ'd for something that really truly didn't bump yeah. them into the qualifying position. And it's what's weird about a sport, man. Our sport has these... Weird rules where exchange zones, I've said it. I honestly think exchange zones make no sense. I don't understand why we have them. What's the purpose of it? You could argue it makes more sense in a mixed four by four because then it uh, makes sure that they, they, the men and women run the same distance. But it's a team taking a baton around the track. Everyone is running the same. The baton is going the same distance. It's going 1,600 meters, right? Yeah. Why well, I mean, does it matter but, the percent of each athlete? You know, why well, in, is it twenty five percent each? I understand your point that you've made on this, but in a in a mixed relay, it does actually matter because you're trying to have it even between the men and the women. So in this then in this one instance, it would be particularly important. I'm seeing some uh, comments in in the chat, like from Martin. He says there were a couple other teams that ran back to the correct point, may have been in the other heat. So I think there was confusion not just from the US. Ultimately, the US was the only team that either you know didn't move back, didn't hear the command, didn't hear the change, or, or for some reason stayed in that, in that same spot. I agree with you 100%, would not have, if the US won that thing going away, didn't matter where, she, was, she could have been standing at the beginning of the exchange zone, they would have been fine, especially considering this is just a qualification heat. They would have, they would have made it regardless. And this has ramifications for, the four other people who are probably going to sub in to the final because where do they slot in now? Cause we just talked about 
how competitive it's going to be to get on the the regular four by four. And you had people who finished four, five, six, seven, eight at the trials also making this trip and getting on this team. Now the eighth best runners from trials didn't run in this in this race. So that'd be Shea Anderson and, and Will London. So you had seven, six, and then I'm assuming they were gonna go to five, four for the final. Well, now five, four doesn't get to go. So that's a long trip. Maybe five, four will run the four by four prelim, but that's not a guarantee. So yeah, a basic sure US gold went out the window today. Yeah, I mean, when we were watching like the them showing video shots of the USA athletes in like the warm-up zone, me and uh, Jojo were just making, not a joke, but we're like, yeah, who would have thought like that person's just about to become a gold medalist, right? Because you know that USA was going to win. Yeah. Like it yeah, was just yeah, like 100%. a formality that they had to do the event. And now yeah. like, I guess that formality wasn't as formal as we thought because of the yeah. uh, exchange zone mishap. And exchange yeah. zones, and they, uh, they are the kryptonite to Team USA. Usually it's in the four by one. Usually it's in the four by one. It's it's pretty rare to get DQ'd in a four by four. Uh, I mean, contact, I guess. There's you know, protests, but a lot. Usually there's a lot of bluster, but then it ends up being a, a fairly clean race. Felix, you talked about her potentially getting into the final to getting another medal. That's of course out the window. So her medal count can only go up by two in these games instead of three. Just a lot of ramifications for a very what should have been perfunctory heat day one in the in the mixed gender prelims something happened that is could alter olympic history it's weird to think about just lining up a couple meters out of the zone and we're talking about felix getting one less medal potentially and and four people for the u.s perhaps not even getting to run or at the very least you'd think two because there's just not going to be enough spots in that in that four by four prelim to get them all in there and i mean i'm predicting 40 u.s medals for these olympic games so now they're only gonna get 39 so they're not gonna crack change, that 40 barrier you change your well also you had the you had the u.s men sweeping the four by four or the uh, the 10k too i think right so you have to adjust that <laughs> I mean, you see Kendall Ellis, worst Olympics experience ever. So maybe Kendall knows that she probably might not have a chance of being in that four by four. Is that what that is telling me? Well, I, mean, I don't know. I just, it could be anything. Obviously it doesn't, there's no fans there. They're restricted about where they can go. Ellis True. was fourth. Ellis was fourth at trials and we, we, I want to pull up the schedule again. We talked before the women's 400 meter final uh, is the day after round one of the four by four and the day it's sandwiched in between first round and the final of the four by four. So hypothetically, if all three U.S. women make the 400 meter final, which is a possibility, she's going to she's going to run for sure because she'd be the next yeah. person up on that list. I think she I think she will get to run. It's, it's it's the person in that fifth spot that might be on the outside. But again, because of the way the 400 is situated, some of the they may get to run back. We may get to have a have a redemption tale here, even even for Irby, perhaps later on in these in these Olympics. But yeah, just one of those things that 
you don't want to see happen because it ultimately wasn't going to impact the result of the of the race. But I mean, we saw it in the was the women's women's five thousand too, right? With Nian Saba getting DQ'd, that race set up perfectly for her because it went out slow. Like she was in that second heat, top five qualified. We know how good she is in the eight hundred. Uh, so that's like the last thing you wanted to do was to leave Nian Saba around and kicked well and got top five and was going to be in the final would have been an amazing story after what's happened to her over the past couple of years. And then gets DQ'd, I believe for stepping on the line, which that was a close race ultimately, but I think she would have gone through. So that was the reason they DQ'd her for a line step. I, I think it was lane in infringement. Um, yeah. So that's a tough break, tough break for her because yeah, she it was a she was in she was in the heat with Sagai and Obiri, but it went slow, and she held her own there and ran under she ran under fifteen minutes, and what she's done has just been remarkable. So that was that was sad to see. In general, did you think those five k heats were balanced well? Because you <laughs> heat one had two from Kenya. In Ringurup and Tirop, two from Ethiopia, Safan Hassan, Schweizer, and and Can. And then Heat Two had the big guns in Obiri and Sagai. But then after that, it was pretty it was pretty light. Cranny and Schneider were in there for the US and um I mentioned Ni and Saba, but it it just seemed weird to have Hassan plus four of the six Ethiopian and Kenyans in one heat of the women's 5k. Yeah. I mean, it's all kind of weird the way they do, uh, heat, uh, selections for the first round is not just your time. It's also your country. So they don't want to, they try to, they try to guarantee that we don't put it mm -hmm. two okay. people in the same country in the same heat. If there's less, if there's more than three, three or more heats, right. Cause they don't want yep. to, the country men to beat up on each other. In a 5K prelim, there's only two heats, so you have to put two and one. But I think that factor kind of messes with the algorithm that causes someone like a Safana San to be in a double Ethiopia, double Kenya heat. Mm -hmm. You know? So that's the reason for something like that happening. All right. Just so you know. Yeah. No, any, that, that, any that makes sense. The, what, what, makes sense. What, what are I your mean, thoughts on the 5K? Yes, Hassan looked. I don't think Hassan's tripling based on how she closed. She ran really hard, and she didn't need to. So I think we're going to see Hassan only in the the five and the ten. Obiri and and Sagai looked confident because they knew early on that they were not going to have any time qualifiers from that heat, and they just stayed poised. Schneider doesn't go through for the U.S., but they get Schweizer and and Cranny there. All of Schweizer's championship experience has been in really fast <laughs> prelim heats. Because in Doha, she yeah. PR'd in the she PR'd in the prelim and then PR'd again in the final and was taking off massive chunks of time. But overall, my impressions of this didn't change. I think it's gonna it's gonna come down to Hassan, Obiri, and and Sagai in the final. And weather dependent. I think it could be really quick, but I also think we could see something similar to what we saw for the men's and the men's 10K. Except maybe there won't be a Steven Kissa in that pacing. By the way, I did see Jonathan Galt 
tweeted. He said that Kissa said he was he was supposed to run 240 a kilometer, and Cheptegei and Chalimo were supposed to follow him, but it didn't happen, obviously. So he was supposed to go out sub 27 minute pace, but in this weather, that just wasn't going to happen. And I guess they never told him, hey, we're not doing that plan. <laughs> Switch up. It's kind of wild audible. that a country can be like, you are, an, you are an Olympic pacer. It's kind of wild, right? So who would have thought? People did it for Garouge back. I remember people doing it for Garouge back in the day in the 1500 for Morocco. They get, get somebody in and they would keep the pace going, but he just straight up dropped out. Doesn't bother me at all. If that's how you want to use your Olympic race, it's your. It's your ticket. Use, use it however you want to. It's your money. Spend it however you'd like. And if that's how you want to do it, trying to help out two other people or one other person, then that's, then that's fine. I don't think it – did it get the pace going? They, they ignored him, really. And then the person, the person who covered the move was Ronix Kiprutu, who was a non-factor because it was too, too, too slow early on, and Barrega, who ended up – winning the gold medal, but they just brought him right back to the pack. I think it ultimately was inconsequential in terms of keeping the pace going. So other things happened. So 5K, everyone got through except for yeah. one American and Schneider. I think Hassan looked like the favorite coming out of that prelim. 10K, we talked yep. about mixed relay. Let's be honest. It's not a real event. We talked about now, it. We talked about it. Now it's be- now it's definitely not a real event in my eyes because the Americans aren't in it. Me with my American bias. Uh, the uh, some field 100. event prelims happened. Oh, yeah. All the big people went through. Not big physically, but just big uh, favorably. Um, mm. But let's talk a little about yesterday, man. Let's yeah. first talk about. What do you want to talk about first? Women's hundred. Because that's what everybody's talking okay. about. People are people are mentioning these times: ten seven eight, ten eighty two, ten eighty four. That's Tolu, Thompson, Hurrah, and Fraser Price in the first round. We were wondering if the track was fast. I think that is clear now that the track in Tokyo is quick. I'm not too surprised by these times, especially from Fraser Price and Thompson Hurrah. They've run multiple times faster than that this year. Tolu, a bit surprising because she gets a PB in the first round. But anybody who's been paying attention to women's 100 this year knows it's been on another level. We've also seen several meets this year, um, you know, trials in particular, where that the first round really was quick, or even the semis were real quick, and the finals didn't match up. Now, all I'm saying that to say is people are talking about 10-5 in the final, and I just want to say, hey, let's slow down with that a little bit. Sometimes people put more out in that first round than they will in the semi because they're on separate days. But I, th- I think it's going to be quick. I think sub 10-7 is a reasonable expectation for the gold medal winner. I'm not changing my pick based on this. I think Fraser Price is still going to win the gold medal. But all the favorites advanced. Obviously, Tolu grabs a headline with uh, her equaling the African record there, impressive performance for her. But she she ran hard through it. And a lot of people go, oh, they shut down early, they shut down early, this and that. And they try to extrapolate performance off of that. You know, if you run 95 meters really, really hard in, the, in 100, there's only so much you can slow down to cost you time. So we've played this game before. Toulouse, Toulouse run was was very impressive. But again, if you've been paying attention to what these women have been doing, this year, it shouldn't come as a surprise that in the first round they laid these 
lay down these fast times. Oh, man. Oh, I missed out on this bet. Damn. Shoot. All right. It's all right. Uh, so they, the the odds for the women's 100 have shifted. Fraser Price is now plus 100. Thompson, hurrah, plus 200. Tolu, plus 400. And then everyone else is 2,000 and up. Mm-hmm. I put my money on Thompson plus 200. Do you think I made a mistake? I mean, no. Yeah, I mean, you already lost money on Guy, so why not just completely bury yourself in debt? I just, I'm not going to go all year and for Fraser Price, go her whole career knowing what I know about her and then see one heat where someone runs faster and then and then change everything. So I think she's still the favorite. If she had run 11.2 and got beat in her heat by two people, maybe, but she still won her heat, and that's what's the most important. Can I give you my case for why Elaine Thompson Hurrah is going to win? Let's do it right now. Ready sure, my case? sure. I'm, I'm, let's click on, I'm willing to hear it. Let's click on Elaine Thompson Hurrah's profile, Travis, for me. Here we go. And we're going to bring up the results for 2021. So scroll down. They changed their profile for uh, the way it looks. Okay. Look at the place for all of her hundreds. She's run 100 meters 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 times, including heats. In 10 of the 11 times, she has won. All right? And only one time... She has lost, and that was in the Jamaica Champs. Not only did she lose, she got third. She lost to Sharika Jackson, which I think was an upset. But I think the win, I think looking at this, the win that Shelly Ann had over Thompson Hurrah at Jamaica Nationals, to me, mm-hmm. when you look at this resume, feels like an outlier. It feels like that is not the norm. I think Shelly's win is a legitimate win over Thompson Raw and it's at the national championships. So there's a reason to want to win that. It's not like a fake, who cares if we win or lose type race. Yeah. But I do feel like that race, when look at her whole totality, is an outlier. And I think when she goes up against Shelly and Fraser Price, which will be a third time, I believe, head to head, she'll come out victorious. Maybe it's not a third time. Let's bring up head-to-head. So, uh, Travis, you want to scroll down or up? I'm not sure where it is. But they do have the way to do head-to-head stats. Um, scroll. Go to go, – go down. Scroll down. All the way down to the bottom. Were you picking her before okay, head-to-head. the meet started? Head-to-head. Go. Or let's click on 100 meters. You change based on the first go, round. 100, do, hold on. We're going 100 meters and then head-to-head. Or now we're going to drop – change the Gemma – Go to the right and change that to um, Shelly Ann Fraser Price. This is fun. We're we're learn we're slowly learning. Who has the better head to head? I think I think you scroller. Didn't... Come on, we got is F. It, Go is to it, F. F. Is F it there. alphabetical? There we go. Look at that. It's a lot of it's a lot of seven to two. Okay, there it is. There it is. I'm just saying. All right. And in 2021, right. it's two to one. In 2021, they've raced three times. And Elaine Thompson, hurrah, has won two of the three. 
Now I'll get it. The one loss was the Jamaican national champs. I get that. Mm-hmm. So it's a more important loss. And Shellyan has a faster PB. But I don't know. Seven to two, two to one in 2021. She ran faster than her today in the in the first round. <laughs> I think Elaine Thompson might win. I think this is my case. I'm not saying it'd be a an absolute stunner. I'm just saying I'm still sticking with the woman who's won virtually every gold medal since 2008 in the 100. And you look at the ones that she hasn't won. All right, so so 2011, you go back that far. She got fourth, but her season leading up to that wasn't that good. And I think we'll, we'd both agree that her season leading up to, to these games has been has been very strong. You look at 2016 when she lost to Thompson Hurrah. Similar thing. She was not under 11 seconds that much. Only one time, actually. And then she lost the Jamaican trials. And then she gets there. She goes up a level. This is my point here. She goes up a level in the in the championships. And she's been at a really high level this year already, which makes me think that she's going to be just fine for the final tomorrow. But I think it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be tough between Thompson Ra, Tolu. Asher Smith in there, like it's going to be, she's going to have to run really well. But Fraser Price doesn't really have bad races at the biggest stage. She's lost before, yes, not that much, but she's lost. But even when she loses, she's usually putting out her best effort for for that season and just getting beat by by women who are sharper at that moment. So I'm still sticking with Fraser Price. I'm like I said, I'm not going to go crazy off of a first round times when everybody's in different heats and and people won. Now, again. If she had looked bad, that's different, but she looked fine. She looked fine. So let's not overreact to this. Okay. Well, I'm going to overreact because I put $100 on Elaine Thompson Hurrah. And if she wins, that means I will recoup my losses in my Chepta guy pick. (laughs) There's going to be a lot of attempts to recoup losses on this 10 day journey of me gambling $4,500. You're going to get so many silver medalists by the time this is over. You can't redeem for anything. All right. Other highlights from last night. Women's eight was pretty much chalk. All the Americans went through. All the favorites went through. Men's formula hurdle prelim. Same thing. A lot of chalk. Men's steeple. America only got one to the final. And also bet from Kenya and Tekele of Ethiopia are out. So. Ethiopia still looks like a, they have a good chance to unseat and end Kenya's reign in this event. You know, Getnet Wale and Lemetra Gurma are, are both running and they both, they both looked good, but um, yeah, only one American in the final, Bernard Keeter. So I want to talk a little bit about this men's steeple. Both Bernard Keeter and Hilary Bohr made huge mistakes. And Bohr's mistake made Keeter's mistake not matter, which is weird. So they, because both made a mistake, Keeter got his mistake canceled out. What I'm saying is, so Keeter finished, uh, was sixth in his, in his heat. Is that what he finished in his heat? Yeah. Keeter yep. finished sixth in his heat. But if you watch um, the finish, he literally, like, 
slows down in the final five meters. Like he kind of just like, ah, oh, and walks across the finish line. And if you look at the results on their screen, him walking mm-hmm. across the finish line, he was the last time qualifier to get in, right? And mm-hmm. if the third heat would have been fast, he would have not been selected. And he could have easily been the sixth qualifier or the fifth qualifier if he would have just put the effort in that final five meters. I really think he thought he was eliminated and he just walked mm-hmm. across the finish line saying, All right, I'm done. But to like have a walk and be on that bubble, like he just didn't know that like, hey, every every millisecond matters because clearly he was yeah. only like 0.4 behind John Gay to be on the bubble. He ends up getting in because the third heat runs slow, which then goes to my second mistake that Hilary Bohr should have recognized, hey, these heats are going pretty fast. Why in hell would I let our winning time be 819, 820? Like, sure, I may have a good kick, but like, steeple is weird. No, the kicks aren't really true to form because there's barriers in the way. So it has to do with positioning. And he could have easily just made sure that was an 815 race. And then the kick doesn't matter. And then you finish top five or six and you're in. I was just kind of disappointed in both Bohr and Keeter. Keeter for letting up in the final five meters and Bohr for having the advantage of being in the third the third uh, heat and letting the field go slow, especially when Pakali is in your heat. Pakali's a, mm-hmm. a 331, 1500-meter runner. He 100% is going to beat you. So you really think you could win, take two spots in a field of 15? It's like, come on. So... That's my rant Maybe, on the men's steeple. He ran a PB. Maybe that was just all he had left. D- Keeter ran a PB. No, he. It was he had more left. He stopped. He literally thought he was like done. He Do you think he thought he was in fifth? Do you think he thought he was in fifth? I think he thought he was outside of the time qualifiers. I think he. Oh, is, you think he cr- went the other way? Yeah. He was overly pessimistic instead of being overly optimistic. Yeah. I think Keeter is shocked that he's in because he's like, wait, I thought, what? <laughs> it's, and it's also hilarious. We're, Team USA is sending a, an athlete to the final who's probably going to finish outside of top eight instead of an mm-hmm. athlete to the final who could potentially finish in the top five. Mm-hmm. It's just weird how that's how track and field works. Don't always get to send your best, best runner. Do you... Uh, well, yeah, you actually have to qualify. That's just how sports work in general. <laughs> Would you expect them just to be like Hillary Bohr subbed in for Bernard Keeter? Do you want to talk anything? Uh, you know, you want to touch anything more from last night or this morning? We're getting some recommendations yes. to do death to do death heats, so we want we yeah. need to make well, some time to do some it's death not heats. Just, there's the you want to talk about death heat? It's the ultimate death heat, the greatest death heat of all death. This is there will never be a bigger death heat in the history of death heats. Heat two of the men's 400-meter hurdles has in the se- two of the fastest the three men in the, in the world all time in the semis. Carson Warholm and Ryan Benjamin oh, they did it. are in the same heat. They did it. They did the thing. Wow. So I guess the- we'll see them compete. Maybe this I is mean- – maybe the, maybe the person – responsible for the heats and i know it's supposed to be random lane draw which is real mad about monaco not happening and they said hey you guys are gonna avoid each other well now you're gonna race twice so 
what does Warholm and Benjamin do in this heat? Obviously, winning it means nothing, right? Because who cares if you win this heat if you then come out and lose in the final? But also, winning it, it means something because it shows like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm the alpha going into the final. So, and I get a better lane draw. Yeah. Maybe lane draw doesn't matter to Warholm. He runs fast in any lane he wants. But yeah. how do you think? Let's, let's first talk about Warholm. You're a world record holder. You're the heavy favorite. How do you run this race? Do you run it all out to try to win the heat? Or do you just no. kind of. No. I don't think so you change you your game. I don't think you change your game plan. I think both of these guys, you pretend as if you're in a regular semi as much as you can because you don't want to expend crazy amounts of energy. Now you want the preferred lane as well too. So if you can grab that, great. But I don't think you go to the well here. Now, I feel like because we've seen Benjamin run a lot of easy races because we've seen him in like US trials and NCAA trials, I'm used to seeing him shut down early more so that seems more comfortable for him whereas warholm every time i see him it feels like he's going for the world record so it's harder in my mind to envision warholm taking it easy than benjamin but i think something is going to like kick in mentally you know around hurdle eight or something of hey let's just let's just get through the final what i want to see is we obviously saw the famous image of degrasse and bolt you know looking at each other in the 100 from Rio. Centro and Hawker staring at each other in the 1500. So it, we've seen it happen, that sort of looking at each other in the semis, sizing each other up across the lanes. We've seen it in the sprints. We've seen it in the distance. We've never seen it in the hurdles, and for good reason, because there's something in front of you that can cause you to fall. I want to see a picture of them going over hurdle 10, mid-flight, staring at each other. That's what I want this heat to create. I don't just want that. I don't want them mid, mid-flight staring at each other on hurdle 10. I want them playing rock, paper, scissors, shoot mid-air, and then the loser uh, concedes the, the heat win to the winner of the rock, paper, scissors, shoot competition over yeah. hurdle number 10. That's what I want to see. Yeah. The, the problem is the lane draw, because you want the good lane draw. In this, because we, we've analyzed this, especially on the women's side with McLaughlin, Muhammad, who's on the inside, who's on the outside, who's able to see what's what's going on. You think that stuff matters. It's just how much are you willing to pay for that? How much so, are you willing well, to expend in order to get that? Because I think if you really want it, if these two guys really want it, they could get it. Because at a certain point, if you're playing chicken, they're, they're not going to want to go. They both can go sub 47, but one of them eventually will say, this is this is too much. I can't do this in a semi. So I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. What do I want to see? Draw, I want to see the world prior. record broken in the semi. I want to see ultimate prelim time is PR time. And I can sell my shirts. That's what I want to see. Yeah. If you're, they if both you're break the honest. world record and then they both uh, lose in, in the final to like Samba <laughs> Santos. Or uh, Santos. Uh, so the lane draws are, the best lane is four. It goes four, five, three, six, two, seven, right? No, no. What does it go? Five, four? It, it, it's farther out. It's farther outside. Well, the, the reason I thought about this was because with Eugene, the way they were doing the, the preferred lanes, it was, it was like seven, eight or something were the first. Really? The first two. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Some, someone smart in the chat can let us know the order of, of preferred lanes. Yeah, because basically I want to know, 
assuming their heat is the fastest heat, what lane will second place get compared to first place in that heat? You know what I mean? Because well, you assume that's gonna they're gonna be either they're gonna have the best lane or the fourth best lane, basically. Correct. That's what's gonna happen. Correct. So you, we think back to 2016 and Van Niekerk doing it from eight, and okay, that's that's obviously better than than the far inside. Every 400 meter runner would probably tell you that. Like, did rather run it without any vision on anybody else versus running those those tight turns. But yeah, you're right. They could run the they could both break the world record, but the second place person would get the fourth best lane draw. For the Do you final. think? Which is probably a flaw in the system, if you're asking me, to be honest. I feel like probably yeah. shouldn't be the case. I think Warholm doesn't care what lane he's in, but Benjamin, he likes the outside. Do you, think, do you think Benjamin would rather be behind Warholm or ahead of Warholm? I think he'd lane rather wants. be behind. I think he'd rather be behind okay. Warholm, and and Warholm likes to be on the outside. We saw at those Diamond Leagues where he could essentially, you think, pick his lane. A lot of times he was going way out there, seven or eight. So do you and think? I, I, does losing, does getting second in your heat guarantee that you'll be behind the winner of your heat in the final? No, I don't think it would guarantee that. Okay. I think it would be, be interesting. It's like, oh, yeah. I want to be behind you, and then he holds up to let, like, what, what, Warholm go first, and then I can go second, so I can be. Like, that would be interesting. It's like legitimate, like, it's like doing a, a like a, fake kickoff or something like that like onside kick yeah. you're trying to like make yeah. the attentional position yeah Fair i catch i yeah m maybe there's a, a way where both of them get what they want here out, out of this it you're right though this is the this is the ultimate the ultimate death heat i was looking at the you know women's hundred heat one i was like oh that's a death heat you got okabara you got thompson hurrah in there that's guess this is gonna be a tough one and then you're you're throwing out this the the two of the three greatest of all time. I mean, it's it's the equivalent basically to Muhammad and McLaughlin being in the same heat in the prelim. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this heat, uh, this is heat one of the semis for women's hundred. Put that up on the screen. Travis or yeah. Elon. Elon yeah. Uh, Thompson, hurrah. Okabari, Asher Smith in there too. And Prandini. Mm -hmm. So Del Point ran a good, uh, she ran her PB in that semi ten ninety one. Um, I'm kind of losing a little faith in Okabari. I feel like her 10:63 is becoming more and more of an outlier when she ran that that fast wind dated. Wind dated, wind dated, yeah. Yeah, but like it's still a great time. Like take away the, the, some of the wind, and it's still you're running like 10:7 or 10:8. Yeah, but yeah, I think Thompson would win this heat easily. I could see Asher Smith sneaking in to get second, and then Okabari getting third. I think I can see that being the, the order of that of that heat. Well, and then you go to three because heat two has Tolu and Shrika Jackson and Michelle Liayu ran well. And then you go to three. Fraser Price, I think, has the smoothest path here. She'll be running in lane in lane number five. So I think she'll be fine. But I think all of them will get to the final. It'll it'll work out. I don't think Fraser Price, Thompson Hurrah, Jackson, Tolu will have any issues. Asher Smith, I think they'll all get through. Someone will just get through, uh, you know, have to get through on time, but that's all right. We'll get to the final. So the, the women's hundred, uh, we kind of, I have at least been dunking a little bit on the Team USA women, and I, you know, some 
part of me feels like they won't make anyone get anyone into the final. But I was very, even though it wasn't a fast time, I was impressed with Tiana Daniels beating Dina Asher Smith in that first heat. They, it mm. wasn't a sub eleven performance, but Daniels winning the heat over someone like Dean Asher Smith, who some people would argue is a metal threat, I thought was a good sign that she's ready to make at least the final and be put herself in it. I have no she's not gonna be running in the ten sixes to medal, uh, but I do think more and more now Tiana Daniels is looking to be a lock to be top eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she'll get I think she'll get through. Um, I think that'll be relic. No, I don't want to say smooth sailing, but I think she'll get through. I think I think the U.S. will get two. That's my. I'm working off that. I think the U.S. will figure out a way to get two. Daniels and then either Oliver or, or Prendini will get through. So a lot of people in the chat are saying that, or a couple people at least in the chat are saying they're worried about Asher Smith even getting through to the final, which would be that would be surprising based on her. Her track record. I think she'll get through. She's just in a real tough heat. And we could have what? I mean, you could have a situation. It's, it's two plus two. So you could have, you know, four women from heat one and then two from heat two and two from heat three make up that final. They need that ninth lane. That's what they need. No, we don't need too extra. many lines. Come on. Eight's fine. Get, Eight's fine. Get that, um, get that extra spot. What are your thoughts on Sam Kendricks? COVID positive asymptomatic, feels fine, can't compete at the Olympics. I think Rosano, Sam Kendrick test positive, uh, was going to be for COVID in the USA in the pole vault test positive for, yeah, yeah for COVID, excuse me. Um, and now all of a sudden, uh, the alternate got on a, a last minute flight to Tokyo. Uh, looks yeah, like I, Sam Kendrick's put out a statement. He says, I'm in fine health. Don't worry about me. I'll weather this predicament and isolation for the love of the game. My team, USA, you are my team, and I'm not so far away. I am proud of you, my family, my friends, and my hometown. I'll be home quick as I can back as I can back to the place I love most after I get out of this box. Hashtag Team USA. And then Mondo said, love you, brother. See you soon. It's a very, like, very... Uh, I feel like Sam Kendrick sounds like a politician, like my family, my team, my place. Get back. Yeah, and yeah, then you and got see... Matt Ludwig on the way over there two, basically two days before. That's got to be just just the shock of a lifetime. You're sitting at home, and then you get a call, and this happens. I think we all assumed there were going to be issues with COVID at these, at these Olympics. You just didn't know which athletes – it would impact and hopefully this is the last of it i don't think that that's going to be the case but i'm hoping that it is the last of it i mean the protocol was pretty clear going in about what they were going to do so they're they're sticking to the the, the protocol in terms of the competition itself you're losing the guy who's an olympic medalist and two-time world champion so it dr dramatically impacts that event i think everybody had mondo as the favorite I think he's still the favorite, but it certainly shakes up the medals. But I would love to hear the Matt Ludwig, like, last 36 hours story. I do want to say, this is uh, the, the Gordon Mack opinion. It's ridiculous that this is happening, that he can't compete. But, hey, it's just so weird watching these 
champion, this global event happening with zero fans, yet we see like a, you, there's no fans, but there's like hundreds of photographers, a bunch of media people, all the athletes. And then at the same time, I'm watching the NBA draft in a packed stadium in Brooklyn for, uh, was it in Brooklyn, I think? I don't know where it was. But like, you know, you're watching the, you know, Gold Cup packed stadiums. It's just, it's just, it's a bummer that these athletes, one, are on the edge of potentially not being able to compete due to something that they can't control, like Sam Kendricks. And you can't even say, uh, getting the vaccine or not vaccine because people are getting positive off vaccine. My, one of my good friends, vaccine, got tested positive. So it's, there's not like, oh, well, you could have done more. You could, Sam Kendricks was wearing his mask. Maybe, maybe he got vaccinated. I don't know. But like, it's, it's just like a uncontrollable thing that is letting people's dreams be taken away from them. I think it's kind of not cool, but that's just my opinion. Uh, yeah. So I'll get my opinion on, on day 10. I'm gonna wait till the day 10 <laughs> podcast to give, but maybe you'll have a different opinion when like all of a sudden, like 20 other metal contenders are all taken out. You know, I just don't know what you all. I'll keep it real short and then move on. I, when you have a positive test, I don't know what else you're supposed to do at that point. Like, I, I get the critiques in terms of like, hey, should these people have to quarantine? Or the, how, how long is the isolation once they get to, to Tokyo? I've seen a lot of complaints in that. But once you have the, the confirmed positive, it's, it's tough to do anything else once you have that information. But best of luck to, to Matt Ludwig. Again, this is going to be um, a story to watch as we go forward in the Olympics. Uh, do you want to talk real briefly about um, you, who you're betting on? You're doing a hundred dollars. So you lost chapter guys. So you're down a hundred dollars. I'm down a hundred dollars. I'm negative 100, but my cousin. So for those who don't know, I live in Texas, right? It's not legal to bet in Texas, but it's legal to bet in Pennsylvania. My cousin lives in Pennsylvania. So he's my bookie. He's, he's placing all my bets for me. Um, so I Venmo him my money and he places the bet. And then hopefully he Venmos me back my winnings. Hopefully we have a good enough relationship that he's not just taking it all and running. Anyway, so I'm down $100, but I've made a bunch of bets since then. And a bunch of I'm confident. So I'll, I'll list off the bets. First bet I have is as soon as I found out Sam Kendricks is out, I put $100 on Chris Nielsen to medal. It's only minus 118 odds. So if I get it right, I win at $85. Place 100, win 85. So win 185 back. I think Chris Nielsen's going to medal. Obviously, Mondo's going to win, but Nielsen, Lavigny, I, I just Nielsen's, really? Nielsen beat Kendricks. I, I think Nielsen's going to medal. I think that's a good bet. So that's my first bet. Second bet is I put 100 bucks on El Bacali of Morocco, plus 200 odds. So I win 200 bucks if he wins. And he won his heat which was a sit and kick, which makes me think, okay, that's good. Cause you want to know, you want to have the best kicker in order to win a steeple. I am worried about the Ethiopian uh, contingent finding a way to take away another hundred dollars from me. The same way Borrego took away a hundred bucks from me. I could see Ethiopia doing it again. So Ethiopia might be on my um, uh, evil list. So, but I have a hundred bucks on Bacali. I got some uh, field events. I'm putting a hundred bucks. This is all on... for tomorrow. I just asked you about I tomorrow. No, well, I just or tonight. I don't know. I don't know when the event I'm is. Bro... I'm putting a hundred bucks <laughs> on the men's high jump. 
plus 175 odds on Ila Ivanyuk, authorized neutral athlete from Russia. He's plus 175 mm-hmm. to medal. I have him ranked number one in my rankings, and he's plus 175 to medal. Got to take those odds. So mm-hmm. put 100 bucks on Ila Ivanyuk to medal. Then I'm putting 100 bucks on Lucas Wiesel Hollandinger to medal in the men's discus. That's right. plus 225 odds. So that's pretty I good. I think it's time and to end then, the show. <laughs> last but not least, I'm putting 100 bucks on Elaine Thompson Hurrah to win the women's 100 go. meter dash. And she okay. is plus 175. Okay, so that's an event that's tonight. So that's that's Gordon's featured bet of today, if people want to know. So he's down a hundred with Chef the Guy, and now he's going for Thompson Hurrah. Try to make up his money. Going all in. We shall see. Yeah, here we go. All right. That's it for today's show. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks to Alon and Travis for producing. We'll be back same time again tomorrow. Subscribe to the Flow Track Podcast YouTube channel. You can also find the show wherever you listen to audio podcasts tuning in all throughout the uh, world man this has been awesome keep the comments coming we will talk to you on saturday morning in the u.s